Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Another hour here at Greeny on ESPN Radio. Peter Burns, Field Yates. What a damn fine day to be alive, Field. We've got Duke's Mayo Bowl going on right now between Wake Forest and Wisconsin. The Demon Dinkins up 14 7. We're going to have Florida, Oklahoma a little bit later. We got Week 17 NBA going on. Like, 2020 has been a world of suck. In so many different ways, like it's just it's been it's been bad, right? And instead of now, I started I watched started watching Ted Lasso over on on uh, on Apple Plus, and it was it's like changed my whole mentality on life. Like again, I'm telling you, the fact that you and Shannon and Stosh all y'all have not watched this thing, I'm telling you, just do it because now I'm so much more appreciative of everything that we have that we even got to the fact that we had bowl season that we had college basketball being played, and honestly. The fact that we're going to have week 17 in the NFL and we're not going to have to have that week 18, which I didn't think was feasible at, at certain points this season field. I'll tell you what, I was so convinced we we're going to have at least week 18 myself. And, yeah. you know, I, I would say like a credit to the NFL. But what I mean by that is a credit to all those involved, right? Credit to the players, credit to the coaches, credit to the personnel staffers, credit to their families. You think about the, uh, the, the, the burden of being someone attached to an NFL player and just the idea that, or, or a coach or anybody, right? Like you're a girlfriend of an NFL player. You're a child of an NFL player. Like your actions directly impact their ability to continue to do their job. And certainly the, the ability for 53 other players on the roster to do their job as well. So it's been an incredible effort by all involved to make it this far. And I'm fired up for what we have ahead, not just a week 17, but obviously the playoffs as well. Has it changed you as a sports fan? And the, and the reason why I say it, it's it's changed me as a radio show host and as a TV anchor over the SEC Network and ESPN in the fact of, like, I, I look at the quote that Cam Newton had yesterday and said, along the lines, I'm paraphrasing here, I haven't seen my kids in three months. Yeah, perspective, like right? It, it, it's, it's so easy for us to, to hop up on an app and just rip somebody to shreds, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, everybody's looking for the angle. Everybody's looking for the hot take. Everybody's looking for something to go viral. But at, at, at the same time, did Cam Newton have a great year? No. Right, I think he understands that. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, you can have your hot takes here and there about them. But the fact is you're talking about athletes and people that are paid handsomely, but still going out without seeing your kids for three months and then to have to deal with those type, you know, just the amount of hatred is, is nothing short of incredible to me. And I think it's made me appreciate what the athletes do and even more so possibly on the, on the, on the collegiate level now. Right. So what happens sometimes is that when people cross a certain threshold of publicity or wealth, the word sacrifice no longer applies to them in the eyes of some, right? It's like, Oh, Cam, I'd willingly, I'd willingly make a sacrifice if I was making millions of dollars this year. Like, yeah, I would too. Does that mean that it's going to be fun? Elements of it will be fun, but if you're a parent you know, I know parents who have a tough time being away from their kids for a week. Other times where it's great to be away from your kids for a couple of days. Yeah, but, true. you know, the the point is that, like, it's hard, you know, like, it's hard. That separation anxiety is real no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your situation is. So it's been an incredible amount of dedication and effort from all these NFL players, those that have their family with them, those that don't have their family with them, those that have been apart from their family for some period of time. Um, another reminder why we cannot wait for this all to be behind us. I know I'm saying um, the obvious there, but we cannot wait. 
Again, and you and I, Peter Burns, Field Yates, uh, here on Greeny on ESPN Radio, always presented by Progressive Insurance, we've been talking about um, you know, how this season is different for so many different ways, from different scheduling changes to bubbles in certain sports. And really what it comes down to is who navigates the season the best. And, and obviously it comes to almost more of a teamwork situation. Like we've seen that to be kind of a disaster with how Dwayne Haskins handled his situation, starting with the Washington football team. Um, but other teams that have rose to the occasion, you can put the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in there, who's in the MVP discussion, Patrick Mahomes, who is in there with that team as well. I mean, I, I feel like for the longest time, it was the Patriots and Tom Brady and Belichick. And now I feel like that trophy, no pun intended, has been shifted to what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are doing, almost though wrapped up in a more likable version of dominance in what we're seeing in the AFC. And I feel like everybody's bought in to the Chiefs. And I'm wondering, is this the same feeling that we're feeling with the Dolphins brewing? Is this Are there other teams that feel like they have that momentum? Or is that more of a college thing versus, hey, in the NFL, it's just a matter of salary cap and professionals at the right place and right time? One thing that I have realized with the NFL is that while it is easy to put people onto tracks and like and I've I've done this myself like I am prepared to put Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs on the track of like the NFL's potential next great dynasty. I also am humbled from time to time and reminded of like just how difficult it is to do this, right? And what I mean by that is so Aaron Rodgers we knew right away was great, right? I mean, once he got the chance to start, he became great right away. Peyton Manning for many people's or many in some people's estimation is the most physically talented quarterback ever. Drew Brees has every single passing record imaginable. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers have one Super Bowl each. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning had one during his prime and had one with the Broncos where that was the year that as we all know all like down the stretch yeah. the defense was really was the strength of that roster. So I'm inclined to say that the Chiefs have the chance to be the next dynastic team. Well, I'm also reminded that, like, it's not disrespectful to Kansas City to say, like, let's get to two before we start talking about five, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's get to two before we're talking about, you know, four, five, six, right? That's not disrespectful to Kansas City. It's more respectful of the amount of work it takes to get there because even if the Chiefs go 15-1, and one, which is very possible, win over the Chargers on Sunday, even without their key starters, like they could could lose their first playoff game because they lose to a team that's really good. Like I'm not betting on the Colts if they make it to go to Kansas City and beat them, for example. But like Indy's good, man. Like That's what makes football so different. Any given Sunday really rears itself come playoff time. And, and what's crazy is that you look at the kind of the current playoff picture. You talk about the Colts being a dangerous team, yet they would not be one of the teams currently in the in into the playoffs, right? I mean, if if you look at the way that the wild card is set, you would end up having Cleveland, which I believe ends up being the seventh seed. While on the other side, why twenty twenty has been so different? You have a Washington football team that's sitting at six and nine that may not even have a healthy Alex Smith playing is now that they've released Dwayne Haskins, which by the way, Schefter broke the news earlier today. Not only was Dwayne Haskins released from the, from the Washington football team, he has parted ways with his agent. So there's a lot to unpack what's going on with Dwayne Haskins. And we hope that they figure it out or he figures it out, but yet the competitive 
I, I don't want to say advantage or disadvantage the playoffs are sitting at right now where you can have a fourth seed Washington team host a host a team while the Colts, who are good enough to be the, the, the Chiefs, won't even get a sniff at the playoffs. It really is amazing, right? We were saying earlier, like if you win 11 games, you deserve to be in the playoffs in the NFL. And I understand yeah. that deserve means nothing because it's not about deserving. It's about you either win your division or you're one of the three wild cards. But it is a really, really difficult year to have 10 wins in the AFC and then look over at the NFC where a six or seven win NFC East team is going to win that division and host a divisional wild card round playoff game like that right there has to be jarring for some of these teams. Well, you go in and, and you think about it, and then I mean, let's 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 talk about the news of today, right? Cleveland Cleveland's going to be play, playing uh, Pittsburgh in a monster game for both of those programs and both of those franchises right now. Ben Roethlisberger is not going to start. You're going to have Mason Rudolph on the other side. You know how healthy is um, Cleveland going to be after not having what their four top wide receivers last week? But with that being said, it feels like this is a year of all year that upsets could happen in the NFL, right? I mean, I'm looking at a Chicago team, frankly, field that's playing as good as anybody. I mean, if, especially if they can roll with the momentum of beating Green Bay, and if they match up against the Saints, you can't tell me that Trubisky and the Bears <laughs> on a on a on a hot streak right now couldn't give hey a, a banged up Michael Thomas, a banged up pay, uh, uh, Drew Brees a run for their money, could you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'll believe... Are you not buying that? Like, well, I see you I'm smiling. not there yet, but the ba if the Bears win on Sunday and the Packers are playing their guys, right? Like, if the Packers don't rest players and the Bears Correct. win on Sunday, I might get a little bit interested because you're right. They are playing really well offensively. They're also playing... They have played just, I mean, the absolute pits of NFL defenses during this four-game streak in which they've scored at least... 30 points in every single one of those games so I'm not ready to fully buy into the Bears defensively they are they are nasty but offensively I do think that some of it is just a matter of who they have played but the Bears and the Bucks have a chance to do something which is right. build momentum and confidence going into the playoffs now if you look at the Bucks schedule for the past four games I think they're going to finish up 11 and 5 with a win on Sunday against Atlanta but like you look who they've played right like they played the Lions on Sunday. That was a junior varsity effort from Detroit. Without their whole coaching staff. Whole coaching right? staff's gone. A lot of players are banged up. In the same way, though, that the Chicago Bears, who I'm just going to pull up their schedule just so I can be accurate here. They're four, uh, three wins in a row. Uh, the Texans, Vikings, Jaguars. And by the way, that last game they scored 30-plus points, mm -hmm. they lost to the Lions. Right? So I'm having a hard time believing this Bears team is going to be a real factor in the playoffs. Uh, because of what I've seen from them so infrequently this year, which is enough consistency. But if they beat the Packers on Sunday, maybe my eyebrows will just kind of raise a little bit. Well, and there lies a question that we started uh, today's show, and we did it a little bit earlier today as we've been hosting ESPN Radio since, what, uh, Wednesday, it feels like, Correct. here yes. on, yep. on this program, is where is the pressure in in the NFL at this point, right? Like, there was pressure on Aaron Rodgers to start the season when the Packers decided Jordan Love was going to be, quote-unquote, hey, first, you know, their, their guy, right? Yeah, or yeah. not their guy, but they drafted him early. He's responded to their, their pressure. Guy, yeah. So who's got more pressure this weekend? Is it end up being the Cleveland Browns, or is it going to end up being the Steelers, who ultimately still have a lot to play for as well? Yeah, it's the Browns. This one's not close. I think the Browns have as much pressure on them as anybody this weekend in the NFL, with a close second being the Los Angeles Rams for a couple of reasons I'll get into in just a moment. But it's the Browns, because, and, and I have been clear on this, I have recalibrated my expectations for the Browns in recent days, because... Uh, if you had been uh, in a vault for the past seven months, 
might be a good thing, first of all. No, I was uh, going to say, yeah, probably. Might be a good thing. But, uh, and not known uh, what had happened. And I told you, like, you emerged from your dis- your, your, your disappearing act in May. You were like, oh, the Browns are 10-5 and five going into the final week of the regular season with a chance to clinch a playoff spot? Heck yeah, sign me up. You'd be in, right? However, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, you know, obviously they've had opportunities recently. Uh, they've lost two of their past three games, and they lose most recently to the Jets. I get it. No wide receivers, banged up offensive line, banged up linebacker group, et cetera, et cetera. But now if they lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, I mean, that right there would just be so incredibly disappointed. It would feel like one step forward and a half step back for tot- in totality of this season. Now, I can also make the case for the Los Angeles Rams. And these, um, you know, these like game, like in-game projections of like winning percentage and things like that can sometimes be a little bit fleeting in my estimation, right? Like win probability is what I'm thinking of. Uh, so can playoff probability can be a little bit fleeting in my opinion. But two weeks ago, entering week 15, the Rams, according to ESPN's Football Power Index playoff Which, by predictor, the way, is undefeated. Never had a bad stat ever right, in the history go. of stats. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it had them at 99.9% likely to make the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, that number has dropped precipitously as the Bears have to beat the Packers and the mm-hmm. Cardinals have to beat the Rams. And the Rams are without their quarterback, Jared Goff, and without their wide receiver, Cooper Cup. And without one of the running backs, Daryl Henderson, potentially another one of the running backs, Cam Akers. So the reason why I think it's a little bit different for the Rams as opposed to other teams in the NFC who could potentially miss the playoffs is that two things. One, every year that goes by where Jared Goff is up and down just throws one more log onto the fire of whether the Rams should have invested in the way that they did at the time they did in Jared Goff. And also, they... If they squander this remarkable defensive effort, it would just be a shame. They have played unbelievable defense all mm. year, and it's not like the pieces in place are going anywhere this offseason. You're going to have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and some of the other stars on that defense. But to put together this strong of a defensive effort in a league where it's basically impossible to play good defense really says something about the players and also the coaching staff this season. Phil Yates, Peter Burns here on Green on ESPN Radio. And what I love about this conversation we're having, Field, is that I feel like we can talk about six, seven, maybe, I, I think there's probably at least six teams that we could say, hey, they're hosting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season in a Super Bowl championship winning year, in a crazy year in 2020, and be like, all right, I mean, that's not chaos. I can't say that about the sport that I love in college football right now. I can't say that about a six seed or a seven seed or an eight seed Uh, had they expanded the college football playoff and think about one of those teams winning it. I, like many others around college football, believe that it's Alabama and Clemson. We're headed for another Gotti Ward type trilogy where it's an incredible (laughs) haymaker after haymaker. And that would surprise me if Ohio State got in. They are good. Dabo Sweeney has even talked about it, despite what he ranks them in their polls. But I feel like even when we're looking at Notre Dame being a four seed, and yet not a single soul thinks that Notre Dame, outside of Brian Kelly and his immediate family and maybe some of the players, think that they can defeat Alabama, the health of the sport of college football is at a real big turning point and a crossroads right now because that's what keeps the NFL so interested is the fact that I can go back and look at the Ravens winning in 2012 going hey man 
Give me a chance. I can look at NHL. Remember the Kings coming in as an eight seed a couple of years ago and end up winning the, the Stanley Cup. They can do it. We've seen it in Major League Baseball. And yet year in and year out, it feels like, hey, when I tune into the college football playoff rankings and the selection show, the numbers keep going down because they feel like it's the same wash, rinse, repeat every single year field. And that that's, that's difficult. And I'm not sure how college football ever changed it when the best teams – automatically get pretty much the first 15 draft picks of the upcoming season when it comes to recruiting rank. Yeah, I kind of wonder if the 18 playoff is the gateway because what I think it does, Peter, and it's going to take some time because I was, I was thinking about this because earlier we were talking about the 18 playoff and it's like, what's the reality of Alabama playing Coastal Carolina in the first round this year? Like, what, What's the line? What's the line if they play? Uh, Co- had Coastal been the eight, Alabama would have been the one. Uh, I'm probably put 27 in a hook, 27 and a half, 28 yeah. point favorite. I was at thinking that something like 32. I don't know, whatever the number is, right? We agree it's somewhere. You know, it's it's multiple scores, but and they're going to win. Alabama's going to win that game. But what at least it will do is because to your point is that like so much of this is the edge that those same group of schools has in recruiting. Is like at least there's some organizational cachet involved, like not you know institutional cachet involved if you make the playoffs. So you might be a recruit who latches on to Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati because of the exposure they get in a college football playoff game, and and that it might take five or six or seven years before we start to see these recruits picking up you know picking uh, schools uh, that are not from the traditional let's say five to eight schools that land many of the top recruits each year. But at least gives you a chance, maybe level the playing field a little bit. But and, and, and to build upon that, like, take a look at Billy Napier. He's the head coach. If you don't know who he yeah. is, he's at Louisiana, and it's Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajun, right? So he's the head coach of Louisiana. Turned down an opportunity at Louisiana. He could have been the head coach of Mississippi State. Well, he turned it down. Mike Leach got the job. Could, possibly looked at it South Carolina, turned it down. Then had an opportunity at Auburn. It appears that he had turned that down. So we're talking now that we're at a, a crossroads for college coaches now that they're making so much money. It's no longer I got to go check this this type program in a big league, I can say, all right, I will actually stay here. That's good for college football, right? Yeah. Because now Louisiana might be able to build something. Now that Jamie Chadwell, if he stays at Coastal Carolina, can do it. The next step of it is the college football playoff expanding. Because if you're Luke Fickle right now, what else can you do? If you're Cincinnati and you're thinking, man, I love it here. I, I, I got this job after leaving Ohio State. I'm building a program here, and yet I got to look at every single one of these recruits and go, we just had the greatest season, in the, in, arguably, in the history of Cincinnati Bearcat football. It didn't matter. It, di- it didn't matter on a national championship level. And at some point, if you want to even out the playing field, you have to have those other programs matter. It matters in the NFL where everybody has that opportunity because it is an expanded playoff. It does not matter right now currently in college football, and that needs to change. And the College Football Playoff Committee missed an unbelievable opportunity this year to expand it, to dip their toes in the water, to see, hey, what the selection committee looks like. What does it look like from a rating standpoint? What does it look like from how we go through the protocols? And yet they did not do it, and it was a missed opportunity for all of fans. He is Field Yates. I am Peter Burns. Reminder, college football playoffs, semifinals, and final are on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coverage of the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl on ESPN <laughs> Radio begins Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We continue to move on, and I want to talk that pressure question, but throw it to the college football world. That next here on Greeny. Greeny, the podcast.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Back with Greeny on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Peter Burns and Field Yates. We were talking about the different uh, amount of pressure that's going to be had for college football playoff teams. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I still don't think Alabama has a whole heck of a lot of pressure. It ends up being Notre Dame to protect their brand. A man that has a great brand is Jason Wildey. Uh, although it gets tarnished every single day over there at uh, at 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee because you do have to uh, host over with uh, Mark Tauscher. So we do apologize for that, Jason. How you doing, bud? <laughs> As a uh, as a former member of the Mark Tauscher Sidekick Society, Peter, it's a thrill to talk to you and field you. You and I go back a ways, so great to be with both of you today. Um, it's awesome. Go ahead, go ahead, field. No, you Peter, let, take it away, my friend. You're the real host here. Uh, listen, well, the thing I was talking about is different amounts of pressure, and it felt like earlier in this season, Jason, there was at least some perceived pressure from the outside looking in of, hey, Jordan Love gets drafted by the Packers. Uh, what's going to happen? I remember the memes that were hilarious on the NFL draft night about, oh, my goodness, Aaron's going to, you know, what is he going to do? Well, he's responded with an NFL-type caliber season, which led to you actually posting this up as they were looking to lock the number one playoff seed are there teams in the NFC that actually scare the Packers? It wasn't the Seahawks. It wasn't the Saints. It was Tom Brady and the Bucks actually giving the Packers the most amount of scare? Well, certainly for Packers fans, and I don't know if that's because of the 38-10 to 10 result that they had in Tampa or it's because of Tom Brady's experience. I personally don't agree. Um, I think Seattle is the team that even though Seattle has not won a playoff game at Lambeau, Packers obviously lost a pretty memorable playoff game in Seattle years ago <laughs> with Aaron, a quarterback, and a torn calf muscle. Um, I, I just I don't know if there are any teams in the NFC that, as a Packers fan, I'll, I'll defer to you guys. You guys know the league as well as anybody. I don't know if there's any team that I look at throughout the NFC and I say there's no way that they can beat the Packers at Lambeau. And the Packers obviously were terrific on Sunday night in the snow against a team that even Matt LaFleur said it was going to be a measuring stick game. Well, they measured up pretty darn well. So right now, they they look like a really good football team that's going to be hard to beat. But as, as we all know, uh, this is a week-to-week league, and the Packers have also, a week before that, we're talking about why 
They couldn't sustain after a 21 to three lead against Carolina hmm. that it ended up being a one possession game. So, you know, we'll see what happens in Chicago this week, but this is a team that has, has been really good this year, more consistent than it was last year on its way to 13 and three. But I think there's still reasons to have a little bit of apprehension about certain aspects of their game. You know, Jason, it feels like more so than any other team, the same few storylines have been recycled with the Packers this year, right? Aaron Rodgers, his MVP candidacy, that's one you actually enjoy talking about. But then there's the Rodgers and the lack of help and whether he was fueled by Jordan Love selection, et cetera, et cetera. I sort of wonder if one that's kind of gone under the radar, maybe not so much outside of Green, uh, not, not so much inside Green Bay or near Green Bay, but outside of it is. Matt LaFleur has now put together, what, 25 wins so far in his first two regular seasons with a real shot at 26, if my math is accurate, this upcoming Sunday. What kind of job has he done this year? Maybe how has he changed this year relative to last season that maybe has impressed you in just his second year as an NFL head coach? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that happened this offseason, and I'm not because of all the absolutely awful things that have happened because of COVID, I am in no way suggesting that it was a blessing in disguise for the Green Bay Packers. But it did lead to a totally different type of offseason program than obviously any NFL team was going to have. And it would appear that the Packers really benefited from what they did because what Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett, their offensive coordinator, and Luke Getzey, their passing game coordinator and their quarterbacks coach, did was in addition to all the Zoom stuff that they did as a team, as by position groups, the four of them had separate Zoom sessions where they dug deep into the scheme and found, all right, this is what Rodgers really loves. This is what he doesn't love. This is what Nathaniel Hackett, who came from a different scheme, loves and doesn't love. Same with Luke Getzey, who had coached on Mike McCarthy's staff. So he knew both the new staff and the old staff. And then obviously Matt LaFleur, and we know what that scheme has done in other places. And so what they created during the offseason, and we've, they've talked about it a ton, is this kind of amalgamation of what everybody loved, and yet it still has all those principles that we've seen work for Kyle Shanahan. We've seen work for Sean McVay. So they have their own version of it now. And Rodgers has been fantastic. And to me, that is more than anything else what Matt LaFleur has done is, remember, Rodgers' numbers were trending down the last year under McCarthy. And as he tried to get acclimated to his first new system in over a dozen years, a new system with Matt LaFleur. His numbers were down last year as well. But this year, MVP numbers, and it's in large part, and Rodgers has talked a lot about this, how much the scheme has made his life easier you're not seeing him hold on to the ball you're seeing him get the ball out in rhythm and on time and then you're also seeing him when it's necessary extending plays and making the magic that we know he's capable of making jason wilde from the athletic and 94.5 espn milwaukee joining us on the goodyear hotline and jason to spin off that of course you got to get by chicago who is a fairly red hot team but it's field yates uh, pointedly pointed out earlier, they haven't been beating the world beaters of the NFL over this uh, little run that they've had. Where is this matchup back coming in in this week, and why uh, do the Bears pose a problem for um, for the Packers in, over there in, in Chicago? You know, Packers fans have really enjoyed the three-game winning streak the Bears have had because they're making jokes about how it's going to convince the Bears to keep Mitchell Trubisky as their quarterback <laughs> and what great news that would be for the Packers. Uh, 
look, he has played well. And, you know, the Packers obviously saw him, um, what was it, maybe six weeks ago when they played the Bears at Lambeau in late November. Um, this is this is a game that I keep thinking back, and this is what happens when you're old and you've done this for a while. I keep thinking back to 2010, which is a decade ago now, but the Packers are this hot late-season team. They obliterate the Giants at home, and the Chicago Bears come into Lambeau, and if they can beat the Packers, they can keep the Packers out of the playoffs. And to Lovey Smith's credit, he played to win that game, even though they didn't really have anything to benefit in terms of their playoff positioning. They ended up losing 10-3. to The Packers make the playoffs, and then obviously they go on that sixth run to go win Super Bowl 45. Aaron Rodgers and, and Mason Crosby are the only two players left from that team. So they're the only two that remember that. But that is not what they do not want to allow the Bears back in the playoffs here. And, and by beating them, they can at least somewhat assure that obviously the Bears can still get in with some help. But the Packers have that number one seed to play for. There is nothing to stop them from having a reason to play. The Seattle game against San Francisco is at the same time. They have to play for that number one seed. And as you guys well know, the number one seed this year is so different than any other year because it's the only buy. And so that has been a goal for them from the very beginning. And now they win and they get it. They don't have to worry about getting help. I think you are going to see them play one of the better Bears-Packers rivalry late season games. And that's saying something given how many there have been. Um, my favorite being their 2013 game where Rodgers hits Randall Cobb for a 48-yard touchdown on fourth down in the final minute uh, with Julius Peppers bearing down on him on the play. Uh, Jason, obviously only one player gets the award, even if more are deserving during a certain season. But do you believe that Aaron Rodgers has a vice grip on the MVP right now in the NFL? And if not, how strong do you think the case is for Patrick Mahomes to win it over him? Yeah, look, they're both deserving, right? You guys would agree with that. I, I, my tiebreaker, if I was one of the 50 voters, and I am not, um, would be this, and, and you mentioned it earlier. I don't know. I understand Aaron Jones has had a good season. Devontae Adams, we can argue about whether he's the number one receiver in the entire league this year. But I still oh, look at what the Packers have done with Aaron Rodgers and a cast of other receivers that I don't think most, even like hardcore fantasy football fans that are looking for those waiver. I mean, you tell me field, how many people really know how productive uh, an Alan Lazard can be from time to time or an MVS. I mean, these are guys that are just guys with other quarterbacks and I just think that, in my mind anyway, that's the tiebreaker, that I look at what the Chiefs have, and I think they've got the edge in terms of talented players. Even though Robert Tanyan, has, Tanyan sorry, I always mispronounce his name now, has come on this season, I just don't think the Packers have the same wealth of weaponry that the Chiefs do and what Rodgers has done, to me, that's the tiebreaker. Reminds me a lot, uh, Jason, of what Tom Brady did for a long time in Foxborough, which is kind of a, hey, who's playing wide receiver for him? Oh, by the way, it didn't matter because they were that good. That's an ultimate credit to Aaron Rodgers. My man, great stuff. Thanks for putting up with Mark Tauscher when you can. Tell him he owes me for some golf uh, the next time we see him, all right? I will definitely pass that along, Peter. All right, guys, thanks for having me. Take care. Be good.
Great insight there about the Packers in the NFC North from Jason Wilde of The Athletic and 94.5 over in Milwaukee. Remember ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance where you could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. All right, coming up, uh, Field Yates, we talked about pressure in the NFL. I'm going to spin it over to the college football playoff uh, side. Who's got the most pressure? And as always, you can join us as well. 888-SAY-ESPN. It's Field Yates and Peter Burns in for Greeny on ESPN. ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I think Ian Book has an opportunity once again to sort of try to prove the world wrong. Play with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Quick drop for Book. And an incredible one-handed grab made. 15-10. Touchdown, Irish. And I don't think we're going to miss one until Nick Saban retires. I don't know. And that's if Nick Saban ever retires. Harris through a whole left side. He's going to go all the way. And Najee Harris has five touchdowns in the game. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Peter Burns, Field Yates. This show always presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Remember, ESPN Radio does have you covered for bowl game action. Tune in to the Goodyear Cotton Bowl presented by Goodyear. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN or ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Full disclosure, Field, you're a whole lot nicer than I thought when we've been hosting radio for about four hours today. And here's, here's, and it just hmm. hit me in the last commercial break. Okay. Because I've been talking to you a lot during the commercial breaks, and I realized that you did not hear me. So I would just be having these conversations with Field going, hey, man, what do you think about this? And how's, how are you and your family and stuff like that? And, and I didn't know that you could not hear me. So I just thought you were really mean over oh, these last oh. couple of hours. Wait, so was that every at, break or was that just like, this last Yeah, time? every break oh. I've been talking to you, and I've been like, dude, I guess Field hates me. I, just, I mean, I know people on Twitter hate me, at Peter Burns ESPN. But but now I know that you're actually a decent nice guy. So again, all those bad rumors I heard about Field Yates completely out of the out of the out of the uh, realm. Was, right was it now. Fitz? Was it Stugatz? Was it Golic Junior? Who's spreading them? You got to tell me. This is your chance to come clean. It's just you and I talking right now. It was all of them. Actually, I didn't want to say anything. It's kind of how we all knew that Dan Levitard's dad wasn't actually his dad, and it was just a guy named Doug in Des Moines. Yeah, I'm the still a little bit taken bag. by that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still reeling. Uh, I'm still reeling. Um, I'm reeling from this quote. Uh, we heard of Brian Kelly talking about this as we get ready for the college football playoff. And his media uh, availability this week for the college football semifinal against 
Alabama. He was asked about, hey, do his team, do the Fighting Irish have something to prove as far as uh, laying an egg in postseason games? No, I mean, we're knocking at the door every year playing really good teams and great opponents, and there's elite football teams. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why this narrative continues to pop up when we're always in the games. No, we haven't won a national championship. That's correct. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not changing the record. <laughs> but uh, we are there every single year, and we are grinding it out just like everybody else. Um, and only one team gets to – uh, celebrate at the end of the year <laughs> and uh, we're going to keep banging it and we're going to keep getting back here and uh, that's our job and, and that's our challenge each and every year is to compete for a national championship and we'll continue to do that. Field, I would have loved it a 10 times more had Brian Kelly says, damn right, there's a lot of pressure on us because that's the standard that we want to have. And no by, by Brian Kelly saying this, in fact, he almost gives his guys a way out going, hey, we've had a successful year. That's a defeatist attitude for the Fighting Irish going in and being the, the you know, I don't see Rocky going in against Drago and having that same conversation. Right. Well, you know what the reality is uh, here, Peter, is that college football coaches especially and this probably applies to coaches in other sectors too but i definitely have noticed this with college coaches is that when they are asked questions that probably carry more national relevance than they do local regional relevance they still speak to their regional fan base more here's what i mean by that so like i don't think anybody who on the outside of Notre Dame is saying like, yeah, there's no pressure. They, they, they have nothing to prove. Like, of course they have something to prove, right? Of course they do. Everybody knows Notre Dame has lots to prove, but within Notre Dame and the surrounding areas, the focus is not about, do we have something to prove? It's let's go pull the upset of the century, right? When Dabo says like, I'm not putting Ohio state in the top 10 because they didn't play a certain number of games. Like, Everybody in the national scene is like, that's not a good enough reason. Meanwhile, people around Clemson are like, yeah, that makes sense. And oh, by the way, let's go beat them on Friday or Mm -hmm. I guess Thursday. I've lost time as relevant. Friday, Friday, Friday. Thank you. Um, So my point is simply that like, I just feel truly that like college coaches speak to their fan base much more than they do to the national audience, even when the question carries much more national relevance. Nick Saban has done that and talked to his team through the media many different ways. Maybe that was something that Brian Kelly was doing. We'll talk about a lot more of those semifinal games. As Heather Dennis has already just reported, uh, they do have makeup dates for the college football playoff if those games somehow get suspended. So uh, at least they're ready for anything and everything. Field Yates, Peter Burns, this was Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.